welcome to this inspiring message brought to you by Kingsword Media Outreach, a part of Kingsword Ministries International. We hope this teaching inspires you and transforms you into all that God has destined you to be. Please stay tuned for more information about Kingsword Ministries International following this message. May God bless you as you listen. Precious Jesus, thank you, Holy Spirit. Just bow your heads for a minute. Father, we just thank you. We recognize that you are the one that you do great and mighty things. And Lord, we'll come humbly before you to receive from you what you have to say to us this time and in this season Lord I ask let a word come in season for everyone under the sound of my voice today that you father will speak to every heart and permeate every soul that the word of God that is sharper than the two-edged word will pierce every heart this morning bring life healing wholeness completeness I ask in the name of Jesus, sweet spirit of grace, this moment is yours. Use it for your glory. Let your name be glorified in this house. Satan has no place here. So we declare that the Lord Jesus rules in this place today in the name of Jesus. Your word, Father, will have free course here today in the name of Jesus Christ. And someone who believes shouts. And someone who believes shouts. Glory to God. Turn your Bibles with me very quickly to Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11. Last week I was uh, preaching on redemption. How that it's paid off. It's paid for. Completely and totally. And we're not indebted anymore. Glory to God. had a five minutes, ten minutes encounter this morning when I woke up and it was in that moment that I heard the word beneath the surface, a walk of faith and that beyond the things that we see in the natural, beyond the, under your skin, there is something that is unseen that matters the most. There is something unseen that matters the most. The futures is different from the essence. Everything has futures. Everything has futures. And everything has essence. Beyond the future of that thing is the essence of the thing. So what matters the most is the essence of the thing more than the future. What is the future of a car? Those people who like cars. Bishop, what's the future of a car? When you see a car, how do you identify it? It has wheels. It has um, steering, it has doors and all things. And some cars are different from others. Some have alloy wheels, some have... Um, help me out. Some have chrome, some have uh, metal, you know. But these are features of a car. Um, some say it's four-door, it's two-door, it's six cylinder is four cylinder and then they describe the car but what's the essence of a car what's the essence sorry transportation mobility movement for some people is to show that i've arrived which is some people but the essence of a car really is mobility movement to take you from one place to another okay so i have a wristwatch on 
What's the essence of the wristwatch? To tell time. What's the future of the wristwatch? Leather strap, chain, uh, chronological, all those things. But if it doesn't tell time, it's no longer a wristwatch. It's a fashion element. Alright? Have you ever met people who, they are wearing a wristwatch, but they are asking you, guy, what's it about your time? So what they have is no longer a wristwatch. Maybe it's a re- There's no swatch there. Uh-huh. Okay, come to a human being. What's the essence of a human being? What are the features of a human being? First of all, let's start with that. Eyes. Legs. Mouth. Head. All those things. They are features of a human being. But then what's the essence of a human being? There are three things that a human being can do that no other being can do. Love, give, serve. Love, give, and serve. That's where we got the term humanity. There are some people when you describe some of their actions, you say it's inhuman. Why? Because it does not carry the essence of humanity. It doesn't, how can you do this? You are inhuman. It means you have lost the essence of humanity. You've lost the essence of humanity. You've lost it. So beneath the surface, there are other things that describe who you are and what your capabilities are beneath the surface. And they go a long way to to describe your experiences and to describe how you live here on earth beneath the surface. So under your skin, I cannot see your blood, but there is blood there, right? I cannot see your liver, but there is liver there. There is a kidney. What are the things that are there? Yeah, intestines and all kinds of things. They are there, but I cannot see them, but they are there. All right? If I walk up to someone and say, look, I don't believe you have a liver. Let me see it. Does that make it null that you don't have a liver? It doesn't, right? Okay, I say, Kola, I don't think blood flows through you. I don't think so. And then you start doubting the person. And you say, let me see, let me see. Bring a knife. Would you, would you do that just to prove that blood is flowing through you? Would you do that? Why wouldn't you do that? Why? Have you thought about why wouldn't you do that? Why wouldn't you cut yourself open just to prove to someone that you have kidney and then say, okay, now you've seen it, right? Now I have kidney. But it's inside you, right? It does something. It functions for something. You don't see it, but you can recognize its function. You can recognize this function. Have you ever seen faith? Faith, have you seen faith? Have you ever seen faith? Say, oh, I saw faith today. But it has something that you can recognize to show that, hey, this is faith. In action. But you've never seen it. It's beneath the surface. You've never seen it. The same way you've not seen your liver. You've not seen your kidney. How many of you have seen your own kidney? You brought it out and said, okay, this is my kidney. Oh, this is how you look like. Then you put it back. Or you brought out your liver and said, this is how it looks like. And then you put it back. You've not seen it. But that you're alive and living. 
and you're performing certain functions lets you know that it's there. It lets you know that it's there. If science comes today and tells us that, hey, you know what? We've been lied to all this while and all these years. You really don't have kidneys. That thing that you see there that they show you on TV is not kidney. It's Utukbo. All of a sudden, we will believe differently. Am I correct? But you still have not seen it. You haven't seen it. But you believe differently. All of a sudden, how many of you have seen Mars and Saturn apart from what they've showed you? You've not seen it. But society has told us, science has told us. I've said this many times before. Growing up, they'll tell you that there were nine planets. There were nine planets. If somebody at that time came and said, Teacher, no, I, I got a revelation when I was sleeping and I saw 12 planets. That guy would have failed the exam. And society would have called him a don't. A stupid person and going nowhere. Fast forward many years later, they tell us we no longer have nine. They are now by 11, right? So who is fooling who? Who is fooling who? All that you know is not all there is to know. All that you know is not all there is to know. And all there is to know is not all that you will ever know. Knowledge is progressive. The Bible puts it this way. Having not seen, we believe. Having not seen, we believe. And Jesus puts it this way. He said, blessed are you for you see these things. Blessed are you that you have you've not seen these things yet you believe. You've not seen it, yet you believe. So when the Lord told me, he said, beneath the surface, and he called it a walk of faith. There are many things that we go through that don't describe who we really are. But because we go through them, we tend to describe who we are by what we're going through. But that's not faith. That's not the walk of faith. That's not the trust of faith. So I, in, my, in my heart, I, I'm, I'm asking the Lord, what then is the walk of faith? And then he said, let's go to Hebrews. And then we started from verse 1. I'm reading the message translation. It says, the fundamental fact of existence is that distrust in God, this faith, is the firm foundation under everything that makes life worth living. It's our handle on what we can't see. It's our handle on what we can't see. It's our handle on what we can see. Why is God so particular about what's beneath the surface? Why is he so particular about the things we cannot see? Because many a times we limit ourselves to the things that we can see and we measure our success and our life and our progress by the things we can see. So as long as we can see it, I know motivational speakers, they tell us all the time, when you see it, you believe it. When you see it, you believe it. With which eyes? There are some things you can see physically. But then, scripture says, there are some things we can't see. Yet those things are the most important. So we measure our lives by what we can see. We measure our lives by the things that are just very visible to us. Just because I can't see the kidney does not take away the fact that there is a kidney there. Or there is a liver there. Or there is blood flowing through you. I can't see it. But I believe it. I believe it. 
so he calls it the act of faith is what distinguished our ancestors our ancestors set them above the crowd this is what distinguished them and set them above the crowd he calls it the act of faith and then in verse 3 he says by faith we see the world called into existence by God's word what we see created by what we don't see what we see created by what we don't see so I want something created but I can't see it but I can create it by what I cannot see does it make any sense to your natural mind I desire something there is an existence I want to see come to life but it says that existence is created for what I cannot see In verse 4 it says by an act of faith Abel brought a better sacrifice to God than Cain it was what he believed not what he brought that made the difference so I kept reading further and I noticed a pattern in all these people we call them the heroes of faith. I noticed a pattern in all of them. In Noah, in Abraham, in Sarah. I noticed the pattern in Enoch. I noticed the pattern that the Bible kept referring to what they believed. What they believed. What they believed. What they believed. So they took action based on what they believed. And that action formed their faith it formed their faith but before that could form they had believed something they have heard about something they have read about something and they believed that thing because they believed it they took action based on that believing and then bible records to us that that action is now an act of faith So when you ask God, give me faith, give me faith, give me faith, give me faith, I need to increase my faith. What he's showing to you is that you need to believe. And then when you believe, you now take action based on what you believe. God does not use faith. He doesn't need faith. We are the ones that use faith. The Bible says that we understand through faith is how we understand that the worlds were created by God. By the word of God. It is through faith. Have you thought about the fact that what you believe is so powerful. So powerful. So powerful. Think about it. We were, when the white people came to Africa to colonize us, they came with that, those guns that those hunters use, that long one, that gunpowder. You have to put the powder in it and then set and then shoot. shoot. That's the gun that colonized us. But when they came, what did we have before they came if you had a fight with your neighbor and your neighbor just goes inside his house and picks something up and then waves it around 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 you'll be scared for your life and then maybe he maybe not even that maybe just takes an egg or something you know all those things they do in african magic you guys are looking at me like you don't watch african magic you take the egg and you just tie one red 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 cloth on it 
and then speak to him, speak to him. Even if you are just saying, hello, hi, hello, hi, hello, hi. It doesn't matter. But just say something. Hello, hi, hello, hi, hello, hi, hello, hi, hello, hi. That belief that you are conjuring something mystical will automatically enter the person's mind. And as you drop it, the guy just believes he's finished. He just believes he's finished. And then all of a sudden, he's actually finished. But take that same thing. Go to the white man. After you've done it, he'll ask you, are you okay? Throw it on the floor. You say, you just wasted an egg. We could have made omelette from that. And if it's in a place where he can pack it, he can pack the thing and fry egg for you, give you bread. Why? He doesn't have the same belief that you have. So when they came to colonize us and they brought gun, why did we not bring egg and, and, and red, red, red clothes? Why didn't we chase them away with Obatala and Amadioha? Why? You two, you are laughing now. It's true. Why? Sorry? There is a bow and arrow. Why did the bow and arrow, why did they run from bow and arrow? What you believe is so powerful. It's so, so powerful. Keep that same white man here for 10 years or 20 years. He will believe the same thing you believe. And he too will start conjuring the same thing you are conjuring. Why? Why? Believe. So the Bible is saying to us that Abel brought a better sacrifice to God than Cain. It was what he believed, not what he brought, that made the difference. That's what God noticed and approved as righteous. After all these centuries, that belief continues to catch our notice. It says, by an act of faith, Enoch skipped dead completely. They looked all over and couldn't find him because God had taken him. We know on the basis of reliable testimony that before he was taken, he pleased God. It's impossible to please God apart from faith. And why? Because anyone who approaches, who wants to approach God, must believe but that he exists and that he cares enough to respond to those who ask. Look at another one. I thought it was a fluke, but I went forward. I said, by faith, Noah built a ship in the middle of, the, of dry land. He was warned about something he couldn't see. He was warned about something he couldn't see. There was no way he could see it. There was nothing in the natural that spoke to it, that interpreted it to him. No. But he was warned about something he couldn't see. A message came to him and he was warned about it and he believed it. He believed it. And acted on what he was told. The result, his family was saved. His act of faith drew a sharp line between the evil of, of the unbelieving world and the rightness of the believing world. That act of faith drew a sharp line. He was warned about something he couldn't see. There was nothing in the natural that pointed to that thing, but he was told about that thing. And all he did was just believe it. Why do you think we are called believers? That's the expression the Bible used for us. He's not the one that called us Christians. No, unbelievers are the ones that called us Christians. God is not the one who said, now you are now my Christians. No. They looked at us and they said, the kind of life we are living is different, is unique. And they've only seen one person live that kind of life. And that person was Jesus. So they said, these people are Christ-like. So they call them Christians. Behaving like Christ. Behaving like Christ. What has God told you? 
What has he said to you? That you can't see it. All he just wants you is to believe it. All he wants is believe it. He would call the prophet. He said, Jeremiah, what seest thou? Isaiah, what seest thou? What can you see? What can you see? Because out of what you can see in the spirit will come out the things that you cannot see in the natural. And those are the things that create things. Those are the things that form things. It's a work of faith. And it's beneath the surface. So you can't be looking at the surface alone. If all you look at every day is your bank account to determine your financial status, you are doomed. I can tell you. If all you look at every day is your physical... I was telling someone in the course of the week, I said, um, I, I think this, the, the, she does a lot of health, health, health stuff and all that. I said, I think you should do... Uh, asked, I said, have you gone for a full medical checkup, a full body checkup? She said, yeah, she did that some time ago. I said, you need to let your followers... She has about, about 80-something 80, 80 thousand followers on Instagram. I said, I think you should let your followers know that you do go for body checkup, full body checkup, medical checkup. She said, why? I said, because <laughs> you don't understand. When we pray in tongues for two hours, three hours, four hours, and we spend all night praying in the spirit, something is working in our body. We don't know. But you, God has given you wisdom to know how to apply the herbs and eat right and drink right. And your body is in shape and fine and okay. Your liver, your kidney, all those things that we can't see, they are fine. But because we have the Holy Ghost and we don't know, we can't see these things. You drink one, one, one carton of Coke and then you spend four hours in the Holy Ghost. And the Holy Ghost out of mercy corrects everything that the Coke has put there. You think you are fine. You are not fine. No. So because we have the benefit of the Spirit does not eliminate some natural things. So I told her, I said, when you do that, people will know that, hey, they need to take care of their health. Because they can't see some things. And if you think I'm joking, think about it. You spend four hours in tongues. Do you know what happens to your body and your system? Do you know the depth of things that the Holy Ghost is working on that you may never ever come to reality to know? But he's working on something. So you feel that, oh, you can eat anyhow or drink anyhow or just live anyhow. No. You can't see it. But because of the benefit of the spirit of grace that you carry and you spend time in the presence of God and God begins to correct those things. You think you're okay? No. There are certain things you can't see. They are beneath the surface. So you can't be looking at your physical self and looking at the, uh, look at the mirror and then you see the person standing there and you just be like, oh, this person is just all messed up. No. There is a you beneath the surface that matters the most. There is an essence beneath the futures that you need to look at. So if you miss the essence and focus on the futures, you miss the point. You missed the point. God never expects you to stay on the surface of life. Never. He never expects you to just major on those features and treat those features as if they are everything. No. For you to make anything out of life, you have to look beneath the surface. You have to look beyond the mundane. You have to look beyond the natural. And to do that, you need the eyes of faith to do it. When God shows you something, you need to see beyond the physical. You need to see beyond here and now. That's the only way as a child of God that you can make your life worth living. That's what it says at the beginning. To make your life worth living is the firm foundation under everything that makes life worth living. 
if you subject it to the everyday things that you see and hear, you'll be frustrated. There are things that God wants you to create out of things that you can't see now. So he comes to you. Think about it. Gideon, who was Gideon? When the word of God came to him, what did he say to him? Thou mighty man of valor. Question, was he at the time a mighty man of valor? Come on. But when that word came, that word did not look at the surface. It looked beneath the surface to find out who he really is. And called him by his essence, not his future. Kato so when God looks at you, he calls you by your essence, not your futures. He calls you by your essence, not your futures. So you may be wearing one shirt that does not look like it. And then he calls you and says, Kai, you just buff up. And he'll be like, who buff up? Me? He's not looking at your futures. He's looking at the essence. So when you begin to see yourself in that essence, and then you begin to create and call those things that be not as though they were. That's the life that we live. We don't live on the surface. We live beneath the surface. It's our walk of faith. It's our life of faith. That's how we live every day and every now. That's how we live. We look at our bank account. It's zero, but we call ourselves fruitful. We call ourselves abundant. We call ourselves much more. Why? We are not just make him out no we've seen something we've believed something we've known something so the bible says abel knew something he believed something so he brought an excellent offering because he has seen something he has believed something that's how you live you don't live on the surface you don't look at the things that you can see and then define yourselves and define your existence and define everything about you. No. A thousand times no. If you're a believer and you've been doing that, you need to change. Why? He said, let not that man think that he will receive anything from the Lord. Because he that will come to God must believe that he is and he's a rewarder. Have you, have you known God as a rewarder? Have you come to know him that he rewards? We don't take these things lightly. No, we don't. You come for church Sunday, you're here. Wednesday, you're here. Every other day we come, you're here. Look, I can tell you, free of charge, that demand something from God. And when I say demand from God, I don't say, God, you know, I serve you. No, 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 no. What I'm saying is stand in your heritage and know that certain things belong to you. They just belong to you. You're not wasting your time here. No. No, we're not just gathering, okay, let's just preach it Sunday, let's just preach. No, we are building a life, creating legacy. Raising a people that know God and know how to approach their father. He's a rewarder. Okay, father, what have you rewarded me with? Have you asked God the question? What have you rewarded me with? You're a rewarder. So what have you rewarded me with? You think Jesus did not ask? Let me tell you, Jesus asked. He asked. He said, you will go to the cross. You will die. They will flog you. Uh -uh. All these things. And he think he did not ask, what's in it for me? He said, who for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. What are you enduring? For what joy? You don't have the joy and you're just enduring. So we're just enduring as a good soldier of Christ. Who, 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 what was that? What is the joy that you have seen that is making you endure? Otherwise, you will just endure for nothing. Just endure for nothing. Let's just endure. We are believers. We are children of God. Is the cross. Is the no, 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 no. That's not the kind of believer. No. We don't just endure for endurance sake. He says, who for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, despising the shame, knowing that there's glory ahead of him. So when you are enduring and going through trials and tribulations, Kai, you must see joy. If you don't see joy, demand it. If you don't see joy, ask him for it. He's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. So if you are truly seeking him, there's a reward. 
You can't just, ah, we're just coming to church. Let's just come. If we don't come now, pastor, we say we do not come. Yes, I will say you do not come. But there is a reward. Are you hearing me? There is a, you are not a nominal believer. You are not just there. No. You, okay, you prayed. You prayed. Yesterday, you prayed two hours. Tomorrow, you are going to pray another three hours. Next morning, you pray four hours. To what end? To what end? To what end? It says, by an act of faith, Abraham said yes to God's call to travel to an unknown place that would become his home. When he had no idea where he was going. By an act of faith, he lived in the country promised him. Lived as a stranger, camping in tents. Isaac and Jacob did the same. Living under the same promise. Abraham did not, did it by keeping, Abraham did it by keeping his eye on an unseen city. With real eternal foundations. The city designed and built by God. By faith, Baron Sarah was able to become pregnant. Old woman as she was at the time. Because she believed the one who made a promise. She believed. Her futures at the time told her barren. But a word came that told her fruitful. But she believed it. Against all odds, she believed it. Nothing in her futures. Old. Entered menopause. Everything spoke against it. But she believed. You see, that's how it happened. That from one man's dead and shriveled loins, there are now people numbering into millions. Now this is, the, this is the path that really got to me. It says each one of these people of faith died not yet having in hand what was promised but still believing. Kai! They died not yet having in hand what was promised. And I asked God, is it that your, what you told them you would do, you did not do? He said no. He said because Sarah gave birth. Abraham had the son. Isaac, he didn't die. Noah built the ark. So I said, what do you mean by having not received the promise they died? And then he said, come further. I kept reading. I read about Jacob. I read about Joseph. I read about Moses. And not until I got to the next chapter. Chapter 12. Then I realized what that promise is. <laughs> oh, glory to God. Before that, it says that, look at verse 39 of, of, of um, chapter 11, message transition. It says, none of these people, even though their lives of faith were exemplary, got their hands on what was promised. God had a better plan for us. That their faith and our faith would come together to make one complete whole. Their lives of faith not complete apart from us. Now, here's, here's where, where he brought it all to. He said, do you see what this means? In verse 1 of chapter, of chapter 12. All these pioneers who blazed the way, all these veterans cheering us on, it means we'd better get on with it. Strip down, start running, and never quit. No extra spiritual fat. No parasitic sins. Keep your eyes on Jesus. <laughs> That's the promise. He said, keep your eyes on Jesus. That's the promise. He said, all of them, their labor and everything, they did not get what was promised. But what was promised came after. Jesus came for you and I. And you and I now have a better covenant. We now have the promise. He said, who both began and finished this race. We're in it. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Keep your eyes on Jesus. They did 
didn't receive that promise. The word of God came to them. They hoped for a Jesus. They hoped for a, a savior, a messiah. That life after the resurrection, that redemption. They never had it. But you and I have come to a place where we have it. We have that redemption. We have that life in Christ Jesus. It's ours now. It's a reality now than it was before. They didn't have it. They didn't have the benefit of the blood of Jesus. They didn't have the benefit of the cross. They didn't have the benefit of the body of Jesus. But we have everything now to our advantage. What kind of life should we believe in? It's our walk of faith. It's beneath what you can see. It's way beyond that. Way, way beyond that. So when you leave here today, ask yourself, what's my act of faith? What's my act of faith? Do I really believe this gospel? If I believe this gospel, Pastor, you, you, you're saying that you, you laid your hands on your son and you began to pray. I mean, you have to get to a point where you know this thing has to work. It's either it works or it works. If it's not working, let's go to another thing. Let's go to another thing. We're not playing games here. No. If it's not working, let's know it's not working. If you never get to that point in your life where you realize that, look, and make a decision. Either this gospel works or it doesn't work. You make a demand of the gospel. It has the power in itself to bring things to pass. The truth is we're not allowing the power of the gospel to work. We're not allowing it. We're not giving room for it to work. Let me tell you why. We have alternatives. <laughs> oh, we have alternatives. So we think that, ah, well, let me just pray. If I pray, eh, God will bring it. If God doesn't bring it, I'll just call that my uncle. <laughs> ah, that's your alternative. Yeah, I'll just call that my uncle. I shall, I shall pray. It's shall, shall somebody God will use. It's shall somebody God will use. Say, you know, God say, brother, let God use you. Are you the one that we tell God who to use? Say, let God use you to just bless me with one million. Are you the one that we tell God who to use? If you trust Him, trust Him all the way. Trust Him all the way. Why do you think Hitler won almost won the war? Go and read the story. Whenever they get to a place, the moment they cross the bridge, he tells the soldiers to destroy the bridge. When you know there is no way to go back, you will win. It's because you think you have an alternative. It's because you think that there is a way to fall back to. When you have destroyed the bridge and there's nowhere to go, the next thing is to win. You die, you die. So many times believers, because they've not destroyed the bridge behind them, they feel they can go back. I will prove it to you. It's in scripture. Why do you think the children of Israel wanted to go back when they faced tribulations and they faced trials? Because the road to Egypt was still there. It was still there. They could see it. So they always wanted to go back. But when the road back has been destroyed and you know you have just one alternative and that alternative is Jesus. You will hold on to him. You will make sure that the word comes to pass. Whatever you need to do, you will do. You will do it believing, knowing that he was promised as promised. That's what they did. That's their work of faith. They looked beneath the surface, deep down inside, and pulled and demanded from grace what grace would supply. And never once did grace fail. It supplied all the time. Stand to your feet. What's your work of faith? What are you demanding from grace? What are you demanding from the presence of God? Are you just satisfied and contented with the fact that, hey, okay, let's just be doing it. Maybe God just wants us to do it. I mean, 
let's just do it if we don't do it god will be angry <laughs> no 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 you have a heritage in god when you pray pray with purpose and precision talk to him like you know what you're saying demand from him what he's willing to give you the bible says it's your father's good will to give you the land why am i serving you why am i serving you someone came to me many years ago and said that god is calling him to into ministry to do certain things many many years ago that was about the first time the holy spirit began to teach me about uh, about demanding from god what grace can supply and then he said to me he told me a lot of things that god would have him do in ministry and then he said one thing he said but he's scared i said oh so what are you scared about so what if it doesn't work i said the only thing that is making you scared is because he has not showed you where he's taking you to if he shows you where he's taking you to and that, that's my god he always show you where he's taking you before he starts the journey he always show you so i said jesus who for the joy that was set before him how do you think he would have endured the cross because god had painted a picture for him i said all power in heaven ah, Lord, it will be given to you kai motivation <laughs> hey ask david how do you think he killed goliath he said what can be done to the man that will kill this giant he said eh, half of the kingdom is his he said that one is small when they told him the baby will marry he said yeah 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 yeah, yeah. Eh? the king's daughter eh? that fine babe that everybody behind Wallahi, goliath you are dead what's your motivation what has god put ahead of you that is pulling you and pulling you it's your work of faith it's your work of faith. it's all over scripture you are not just serving god like that even satan told god he said ah, does job serve you for nothing <laughs> he said does job serve you for nothing he says you know that you put a hedge around him you put a hedge around him and God like say, hey, hey, you know, you know, you know, you know. But Job knew that hedge so much. He knew that hedge. So when the calamity came, he knew that, no, this is not unto death. This is not unto death. You can't serve God for nothing. There is something in it for you. Find out. Find out. That's what we pull you when calamity come when challenges come that's what will keep you going you will keep your eyes on the cross you will keep your eyes on the goal you will keep looking at it no matter what comes you keep looking at it because you know that who for the joy that are set before you you will endure every cause you will despise every shame because you know there's a joy ahead of you it's because you don't know something small happens to you, you say pastor i'm not going to come to church for the next six months you don't know what's ahead of you you don't know what the substance you are made of you are still looking at the surface there is something beneath the surface there is something beneath the surface that is the most important thing that's the essence of who you are not the futures no you don't look at those things you don't lift your hands to heaven There is a you beyond the you you are seeing. A glorious you. An anointed you. A spirit filled you. Beyond the surface. Beyond what you are seeing. Beyond what people are seeing. There is a you that God has. There is a you. There is a you. Who for the joy that was set before him. He endured the cross. Despising the shame. 
because he saw a future ahead he saw something brighter than the discouragement something brighter than the challenges something brighter something brighter your future is great but the question is do you know it do you know it so bad that nothing Paul understood this thing. He says, what shall separate us from the love of God? Shall trials, tribulation, persecution. What is it? He says, in all these things, we are more than conquerors. Through him that loved us, we are more than conquerors. So we press on, knowing that there is a glorious destiny and a glorious future for us. And then we demand from grace what that future is. Every day of our life. Lift your hands to heaven. So Lord, I demand today everything that I am in you. Beneath the surface, beneath everything I can see, beyond the things I cannot see, I demand from grace today. I see into the realm of the spirit today and I stay positioned let that be a prayer I stay positioned for things that I cannot see that are mine things that belong to me that are mine and by my act of faith I receive them I walk in them health, wholeness, healing, prosperity I walk in them I walk in them I walk in them Having not seen, yet I believe. 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 I believe. I believe. It's my walk of faith. It's what God has called me to. It's my walk of faith. 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 The preceding message was brought to you by Kingsword Ministries International. For information about Kingsword Ministries, visit us at kingsword.org for information and additional resources. Thank you for listening to this message. And remember, where the word of a king is, there's power.